So it's good to get to be with you guys. I don't think I've been here for uh, a little while, um, but uh, we are grateful for you, uh, your church family. Uh, it's helped us. I'm going to move this back um, a little bit. So you guys know we're finally in a tr- uh, our own ministry offices. I think you guys prayed. I've never used this thing before, so I'm just going to figure this out as I go. Um, I think you guys were praying for that. I think Ted let you guys know. Uh, we're in there now, and our, um, because of all the different things going on with COVID, uh, our church is actually gathering there today just to pray and ask God uh, for wisdom as he sort of takes us through the time that we're in. But we know that there's a lot of love for us here at, uh, at this church, and we appreciate it. We know that all the things that's gone on for our church couldn't happen without all the support uh, that is here. So I'm glad that I get to be here and to serve you with the word. I'm going to talk to you today from Luke 8. And the title of the message is, The Storm Has Come or It Is Coming. So either you're in a storm right now or there's a storm coming in your life. And you're like, okay, where'd you get that idea from? Well, Luke 8 verse 22 says, One day he and his disciples got into a boat and he told them, Let's go across over to the other side of the lake. So they set out. And when they were sailing, he fell asleep. So they're going across. Everything is all good. And so Jesus decides, you know what, it's just time to doze off. The brother's tired from all the ministry he's been doing. So he takes a nap. And it says that a fierce windstorm, as they were sailing, a a, a fierce windstorm came down on the lake. And they were being swamped and were in danger. A couple weeks back, well, not a couple weeks, a couple months back, I was out back here, and you guys know where those, those bins are in the back. And I'm in the back, and I got some garbage, because what we're doing right now is we're taking all of our garbage from our church office, and we're just bringing it home and putting it in the bin in the back. Right? You know, the kids bring home laundry, right? So I throw the, I throw the, the, the garbage in, and then this bee flies out of nowhere and just stings me right on the lip. I'm dead serious here. And I don't know, I hate bees. And so my lip starts to swell, and I'm looking around, I'm like, where's Gavin? Because I think I'm going to die out here. Nobody's here. And just out of nowhere, and, so it's, and I'm worried. And the same way that that bee comes out of nowhere and, and, and just and stings me, this storm comes out of nowhere and hits them. And just, and just completely changes the day. Now, notice that in the text it says that they were being swamped. Now, I'm re- you might notice I'm reading from the CSB, right? That's the translation we use at T North. You guys, most of you probably have an ESV, so if it looks a little different, just keep going. I promise it's going to make sense. But it says that they were being swamped and they were in danger. And what Luke is trying to do here, he's trying to give you the, a picture of the, of the kinds of storms that hit us in life. That storms come out of nowhere. Let me give you some examples. Storms sometimes come when, when, when we're experiencing health issues. Sometimes we go through relationship trouble in life, in our marriage, in our friendships, co-workers, whatever it is. There are times when there's, there's moments of loneliness and depression. You feel like the darkness in your life just won't lift. It just stays, just hovering over you. Sometimes we have to wait long, long for a good desire that we have 
to be met. We're wondering, when's God going to show up? When's God going to do that thing that I'm waiting on? It's, a, it's, a, it's not a bad desire. The thing I want isn't bad. It's good. But I just got to keep waiting. Sometimes people are in the storm of raising kids. Right? That's my house. Right? There's four guys at our house, and I'm telling you, I spend 90% of the time in the basement hiding. So pray for Kimmy. She's just on her own. There are times when paying the bills looks impossible. We've had moments like that. I've, I grew up in that sort of a reality sometimes, watching my mom, single mother, raising four kids by herself. There are times when I know looking at her that it was tough. Where is it going to come from? Sometimes old habits come back stronger than before. You're like, I thought I was over that thing. I thought that God, you know, gave me freedom from that. But that thing is back again in my life, and it's back strong, and it seems like it's never going to break, but it's back again. Sometimes we have to watch people who we love go through complicated mental health struggles and battles, even homelessness again. Me and Kim, we live through this. People in our family who are, who are homeless on the street, and we're wondering, how, sometimes you're like, what can we do for them? You feel so powerless thinking about their, their situation. Sometimes we struggle to get along within church. Don't We know all that, right? And hasn't this kind of been kind of a year of that? What's your view on this? What's your political position on this? And there's these struggles. Job 14 says, anyone born of a woman, so that's everybody, is short of days and full of trouble. I appreciate the Bible because the Bible doesn't lie to us about the reality of what we live in. First Peter says, dear friends, don't be surprised when the fiery ordeal comes among you, what? To test you. As if something strange or unusual were happening to you. The Bible's like, this life is tough, be ready. The battle here is real. Be re God doesn't lie. When you, when sometimes there are people in your life, you're saying to them, you need to read the scriptures. You know what you tell them? Because God's telling you the truth all the time. He's always bringing us into reality. God says life here is not easy, that it is a struggle, that there is storms, that we go through ups and downs. But here is what this text tells us today. I want you to, if there's one thing you remember, Marv said, if there's one thing to remember, it's this. Storms will come, but God will get you through. Let me say it again because I want you to lift your voice up in here. Storms will come, but God will get us through. Amen. I don't care if you got the mask on. Talk to me. That's what the text is going to show. I promise you. God gets us through. And here's the thing. When storms come, they, they humble us. Right? The fierce windstorm comes down on them, and it humbles us. Storms take us to a spot where we feel our weakness, where we feel the limits of our power. Storms also expose us. A storm will show you what you're really trusting in. A storm will show you where you run to in tough times. Some, and sometimes we realize, I'm not, running to the, I'm not running to God. I'm running somewhere else. Storms focus us. You know what storms do? They make you realize life's not a game. 
that we don't have time to waste. They, focus, they make you focus on what matters most. And storms, they sanctify us. They change us. And now you're sitting there and you're sort of like, but why are there storms? So I get it, Marv. You made the point. You pushed it. You said storms, storms. But why are there storms? Why is life so tough? Because we live in a Genesis 3 world. This, we, this is a broken place. There's ups and there's downs. There's joy and there is pain. But again, remember, the storm will come. There's ups and there's downs. But I'm going to show you, I believe, God gets us through. Verse 24 says, They came and woke him, saying, Master, Master, we are going to die. Then he got up and re rebuked the wind and the raging waves, so they ceased. So they come and they're like, Master, Master, they're afraid. They think we're going to die. And here's the other thing. You don't see this here, but they actually think Jesus does not care. Mark tells this story. Mark 4 says, a great windstorm arose and the waves were breaking over the boat. So the boat was already being swamped. And he was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. Again, Jesus taking a nap. So they woke him and said to him, Teacher, do you care? Don't you care that we are dying? They're like, Jesus, don't you see what's going on? This isn't the time to sleep. We think we're going to drown in here. Don't you care that we are dying? Here's the thing. Here's what this, this situation shows you. Storms messes with your mind. Storms affect, they're not thinking straight. Do you see this? They're talking to the guy who has said to them, I have come to give my life as a ransom for you. And they're like, don't you care? He's like, what? Storms messes with our thinking. Storms also shake our faith. Their faith is being shaken right now. Storms will shake your faith. And here's the thing about human beings. We are forgetful people. Right? We forget birthdays. We forget names. Don't that happen to you sometimes in church? Right? You meet somebody, they tell you their name. And then the next week what you're doing, they, you see them walking towards you, you're like, I hope they don't say, hey, do you remember my name? Right? You're praying with them, Lord, I pray for my uh, brother. Would you please help my dear sister in Christ? And they're sitting there like, you don't know my name, Mark. <laughs> we're forgetful. The other day, we were, at the, we were at the ministry center last Sunday, and I'm loading the kids in the car, and I, you know, buckle the kids in. I'm feeling all good, like I'm killing it today as a dad. I get into the car, and Kim's like, where's the other baby? <laughs> so I'm looking up, I'm like, oh, yeah, there's four kids. There's only three in the whip. So I go back inside, and Shayon's wife, Natalie, she's like, I was one, we were wondering when you were going to remember you forgot Irie. We're forgetful. Right? See, the reason why these brothers in the boat are so shook up, the reason why they're so afraid, do you know what it is? They forgot what Jesus said. Let me show you. Look at verse 22. One day, 
he and his disciples got into the boat, and he told them, let us cross over to the other side of the lake. He said, we're going to the other side. He told them, you're going to make it. He says, that's where we are going, and they forgot what he said. This trait, this human trait is on full display. See, when we forget what God has said, we lose faith. When we, when we don't remember, when we don't focus on the word, it's easy in the storm, it's easy in the struggle for our faith to be shook up. It's easy for us to start to fear. But when we focus on the word, when we go to the promises of God, when we get reminded of the character of God, when we get reminded of the love of God, the storm will not overwhelm you, the storm will not sink you. It can't. Because faith comes by hearing the word. And that's where we go. Now I want you to know what I'm not saying at this point. I'm not saying that in the storm there won't be pain. I'm not saying that in the storm there won't be confusion. I'm not saying that in the storm there won't be frustration. Those things are going to happen. Because sometimes it's hard to wait for the storm to come to an end. So there is struggle. What I am saying is, in those moments, when there's pain, when there's confusion, when there's struggle, you have got to go to God. You go to the Word. That's what gets us through. So the disciples, they're afraid. They're forgetful. But I want you to know they do the right thing. Verse 24, it says, they went and they woke him. Then he got up and rebuked the wind and the raging waves, so they, ce they ceased and there was calm. See, in the storm, we can turn to God for help. That's what they get right. And notice, Jesus wakes up, he speaks, and there is calm. The creation has to obey its creator. And they go for help, and they get the help. As soon as they go to him. So he rebukes the storm, and then he rebukes the disciples. He said to them in verse 25, where is your faith? When he wakes up, he just says, where is your faith? In Mark 4, 40, he says, why are you afraid? Do you still not have any faith? Jesus is like, don't you know you can trust me? After all this time that we've been together, don't you believe that I am good? Don't you believe that I care? Do, do you notice that Jesus doesn't say to them, go over to the other side and I'll meet you there. Do you notice that? He doesn't say that. He doesn't say, pack your stuff, load it into the boat, go on, and I'll catch up with you. He says, let us go over to the other side. He is in the boat with them. We can turn to the master of the storm in the storm because he is with us in it. He goes with them. That's why we can turn to him for help. And now if you're a good listener in the sermons, you should be asking, how do we do that? 
You're telling me to turn to God for help. How do you do it? Well, Deb just announced to you that there's a prayer meeting going on. That's how you do it. You, you pray. First Peter says, humble yourself. So prayer is this humble action that we got to do. Humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, casting all your cares on him. Why? Because he cares about you. Remember they said, Don't, do you care? Well, now you get a Bible verse that tells you, yes, he does. Casting all of your cares upon him. There's another, another passage, I think, Psalm 60-something. I can't remember it. Just put it up. Psalm 62, verse 8. Pour out your heart before him. God is a refuge. Notice that. You don't just tell him some things. The Bible says when you go in prayer, you tell him everything. And let me tell you, you don't got to go all fancy, right? You know, Lord, oh, you're sovereign over all. You know everything. And he's just like, tell me what's up. Right? Notice the disciples. They're not like, hey, Peter, do you want to wake up Jesus? No, they're like, Jesus, you got to get up. You got you to help us. We are in trouble. And sometimes what we need to do is, yes, there's the axe model, the, the whatever it's called, adoration, whatever it is. Sometimes we just got to go right to supplication. I'm in a tough moment right now, and I need you to do something for me, God. Pour out your heart to him. He is a refuge. What is he trying to tell you? I'm here for you. I can take it. I can deal with it. Tell me what is going on. Call on me so that I can help you. I know the storm is raging. I'm in the storm with you. So do the thing. Take the access that I've given you. Do you know that's what Jesus has won for us in the gospel? Some of you are nodding because you know your Bibles. But it says that we have unlimited access, that we can go to the throne of grace in a time of need. And in the struggle, we pray. We ask for help. Prayer is an act of wisdom. Do you know that? Do you know that when you choose not to pray, you're making your life harder? That's why the hymn gets it right. Here's what one hymn says. Come on, give it to him. Oh, what peace. We often forfeit. Oh, what needless pain we bear. Why? Why sometimes am I at home struggling, trying to hold on to the faith in the midst of the battle? Why? All because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. You want to lift that burden off your back? You want to have some peace come into your life? The Bible says pray. Go to the Lord, give it to him, say you can handle it. So I'm giving it to you. And you're like, all right, Marv, I get it, but I've been praying. I do lift my voice. I have been praying, and it feels like I'm not getting any answers. So what should I do if I feel like God is ignoring me? Well, the first thing is tell God. Again, God is, a, is our Father, loves us. He also loves honesty. And so you say, honestly, I feel like you, I'm crying out to you. I feel like I'm calling on you and you're not doing anything. That's all right. Tell God, honestly. The other thing is, don't give up. Jesus says that we have to always pray and not lose heart. Remember the widow? Luke 18, she just keeps going to the judge. 
And he's like, she's going to wear me out. And she's like, oh, yeah, I'm going to wear you out because you're the one who can help. And so you keep going to God. You don't give up in prayer. And then this last one, review your situation. See, sometimes God has given the answer. You just didn't notice. And sometimes God gives the answer, but we don't like it. And you need to review the situation. And if God has given the answer, we need to humbly say, I believe you know what is best. You know what is up ahead. And so I'm going to trust you. And I'm going to surrender. Verse 25 says, he said to them, where is your faith? So they were fearful and amazed, asking one another, who then is this? He commands even the winds and the waves, and they obeyed him. And what you see here is that the disciples are starting to see Jesus clearly. And do you notice that they ask a question, and then they answer the question? Did you notice that? They say, who then is this? He commands even the winds and the waves, and they obey him. Psalm 65 says, praise is rightfully yours, God. You silence the roar of the seas, the, the roar of the waves. Let's get the other one up. Psalm 89, Lord God, you rule the raging sea. When, the, when its waves surge, you still them. Psalm 107. It says, then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble. He brought them out of their distress. Look at this. He stilled the storm to a whisper, and the waves of the sea were hushed. What does that sound like? Doesn't that sound like the text you just read? And so what's going on? What, he, what Jesus is doing when he calms the storm is he shows his authority, he shows his sovereignty over everything, and he shows his identity. That they are realizing that the reason why they're in awe, it says they're amazed. The reason why is because these brothers realize they are in the presence of God. And if, you're, if you want to understand Luke, one of the major themes going on in Luke is he's trying to say, Jesus is God. Jesus is God. Jesus is God who has come to give his life for us. And he wrote this book to his, his boy Theophilus. And he's saying, Theophilus, you believed in the right God. Keep holding on because Jesus is who he says he is. And so you should settle your life on him. Put all of your eggs in that basket. He is God. You can trust him. And he will never leave you alone. He will never abandon you. And so they are getting a better understanding of who they're with. And here's the thing. Here's the last point I want to give you. After the storm, you will know God better. In the storm, you can turn to God. When the storm ends, you're going to know the Lord way better than you did before. You're going to get a clearer picture of God. Our, our understanding of God will expand. And you know what it does? It takes us to a place where we can say, I know God is powerful. Where we can say, I know God is wise. And it's not some intellectual thing. It's like, I actually know that. And where we can say, I know God is sovereign. 
And I'm telling you, this, the doctrine of the sovereignty of God is the nicest pillow to lay your head down at night. That God is in control. And when we get this deeper understanding of God, do you know what it does? It does some things to us. It grows our appreciation for God. We are, we're like the disciples. We're in awe of his power and of his wisdom. It increases our dependence on God. I am very convinced that right now, what is going on in my life, I'm just going to, I'm just, because I'm up here talking to my own soul, is that God is, just looks at me often and he's just like, you lack so much dependence. You are so convinced so much that you can figure things out on your own. And I'm trying to bring you to a place where you're just like, I don't know what tomorrow will bring. And I really mean that. And I'm simply just trusting. Today is Sunday, and, and I'm worried about the troubles for today and nothing else. I'm dependent on God. It, when we know and understand God better, it strengthens our faith in God. When you see God come through, our faith is increased. And you know, this other one, it equips you for future storms. Remember I told you, the storm has come or the storm is coming. It equips you for future. Now, you got to think about the disciples. They're in the storm, but there's a bigger storm up ahead. Do you know that? They're, they're going to have to watch the, the, the person who they have decided to follow, that they've, they've left everything. They're going to have to watch him die, give himself on a cross, and they're going to have moments where they're going to wonder, is the, what, did, I get, did I make the right decision? This is not the greatest storm they're going to face. There is a greater storm. And in this storm, God is preparing you for the thing that is coming again because that's the reality that we live in. Here's this other one. He prepares you to help others. When you're in the storm, God is equipping you. 2 Corinthians 1 verse 4 says, God comforts us in our affliction. Why? So that we would be able to comfort those in their affliction when their time comes. What you need to know is right now, if you're in a storm or in a struggle, God is equipping you to be a blessing to somebody down the road. Actually working on you. And so there's more going on. Here's a text. You're like, what should this text make me do? It should make you bless God. It should make you praise God. You know why? Because it shows you that God never leaves us in the storm. He gives us his presence. Remember, he says, Jesus says, I'm going over there with you. He gives us his presence. God also gives us his people. Do you know that? See, I don't get the person who's like, yeah, I don't need the local church. I'm just going to do my thing all by my lonely. I'm just going to stay home and watch on screen. Okay. I get, some, for some of us, we need to do that because of what's going on, health-wise and all that kind of stuff. But for some of us, and there's some people who are like, I don't need the local church. I don't, I don't need the saints. And the Bible's like, yes, you do. Because in the struggle, God wants us to help one another. God wants us to turn to each other for help. And so don't, if you're standing a little bit away from the local church, don't do that. Step right in. Yes, it's not perfect. Yes, it's messy. But as a family, we are to help each other through the struggle. And so God doesn't leave us alone. This text also shows us that God can be trusted in the storm. They go, to, they go and wake Jesus up, but he doesn't say, yeah, you guys figure it out. Oh, no, no, no. He gets up and he's just like, waves and wind, stop it. 
Like a good parent, what do you, stop what you're doing right now. He, he, they get the help. And here's this last one. This text shows us that God will get us through. See, the passage actually doesn't really end right here. Let me show you where it ends, because this is a transition to something else. But watch this, Luke. I want to see if you catch it. It says, Then they sailed to the region of the Gerasenes, which is opposite of Galilee, and when he got out on land. Do you see it? When he, he, and them, got out on land. Jesus says, Come, we are going over to the other side. And do you notice? They made it to their destination. And what this is, is this, this, this picture of our future reality. They made it to their destination, and we will make it to our destination. See, here's the thing. A storm may come, and a storm may take you out in this life. But here's the thing. There is no storm that can ever stop you from getting home. There is no storm that can ever stop you from getting to that destination that Jesus won for you and me in the gospel. Jesus says we are going over to the other side and we are going to get there. This world is not your home. Heaven is. And your destination is sure. And so you put your faith in the struggle in Jesus Christ because you say, no matter what happens to me, I am going to get to glory because Jesus is that good. He's not going to leave me alone. And so I can trust him in the battle because no matter what, I'm getting home. Storms come. It's okay to say hallelujah up in here. Storms come. But God is going to get you through. I don't know what else we are going to face as a people. But here's what you need to know. COVID might end. Something else might come up. But in that boat, you and me, we are not by ourselves. And we are going to get home. I think I'm supposed to tell you to stand with me as I pray. So let's do that. Father, we give you the praise and the glory and the honor because you deserve it. We give you the praise and the glory because you never leave us by ourselves. We give you the praise and the honor and the glory. We bless you. We praise your name because you are a good God who is faithful to the end. Every promise that you have made to the saints, you will hold them. They will come through. Every moment of struggle, you are with us. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? Because you are with me, the text says. And so I pray that we would be saying that in our heart. I pray that we'd be saying that this week. Help us, I pray, to take advantage of the beautiful reality that we have access to you at all times that we can pray to you in the struggle, that we can be honest with you, that we can plead with you for the help that we need. And I pray for those, God, who are in the storm who need a help. I pray, God, that you would answer their prayer. I pray, Father, that you would show up for them in a way that's clearly and supernatural, that there's no other way to explain what has happened except to say, God did that. And I pray for those who are in a good moment right now. Prepare them for what is ahead.
Help us to walk in this word. Thank you for this little passage of scripture that says so much to the saints. We give you praise, Lord God, because you know what we need every moment. And so I pray, Father, that this word that we need would sanctify us, would challenge us, would encourage us, would prepare us to walk more humbly with you, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen.